The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Minister, good morning and welcome. Good morning, Pat. Thank you very much. Now, uh, let's uh, start with uh, some of the stats. And it was revealed to us that for the first time last year, we built more homes that were put out to rent than were available to buy. Now, that's a disturbing trend. I think I looked at those statistics. What they actually didn't include, Pat, was the, the one-off houses. I had is about 5,000 one-off homes which are built, which are the vast majority of them are for individuals and families. But people are doing that for themselves. Oh, yeah, of course. And that's but, not available to, to oh, most no, ordinary I people. I think the important thing, what we've been endeavouring to do since Housing for All came in, and we've just concluded the second full year of it, is to increase supply across the board. And from listening to your show earlier today and yesterday, and indeed when housing is discussed across all stations. The big thing is, regardless of the house type, be it an apartment, be it a home to buy or a home to rent, we have a shortage, and we've had a shortage for a long number of years, of homes uh, for people. What was very encouraging last year is that we, we ended up in 2022, you know, really taking a step up, delivering about nearly 30,000 homes. We'll do more than that. I'll publish figures but, but next when week. When you talk about homes, I mean... When I'm looking in, in my area, for sure. example, where a one-bedroomed in a particular development, lovely, beautiful mm-hmm. development, uh, 2,100 a month. It's a lot of money. A two-bedroom, 2,005, 2,600 a month. I mean, nobody really in an on, on an ongoing basis can afford to be in houses or homes like that, mm-hmm. apartments like that, because when the time comes when their income slips at all, they're going to be out the door. Well, let me tell you what we're doing about that. Okay, There's firstly, in relation to people, most people, even those who are renting, want to be able to own their own home. So what we've seen is a big change in the number of first-time buyers being able to buy homes. About 600 first-time buyers a week now drawing down mortgages. And they're buying homes with the support that I've brought forward, like the Help to Buy grant, which is the €30,000 of your tax back to help with your deposit. And very much one scheme that we've talked about on, on your show a number of times, the First Home Shared Equity Scheme, which is making a real difference. Lots of renters who are actually now able to, because they get their mortgage, they might be short, the state's stepping in and giving the equity. And that's making a big difference. And we're actually seeing that in 2023 in particular, a big increase in first-time buyers. Now, in relation to renters, because that is a very fair point that you make, I've brought forward a new form of of renting, which is called cost rental. It didn't exist. People talk about the Vienna model of renting. Long-term, secure, affordable state-backed rents for working people. Didn't exist in Ireland uh, before I took over. Legislated for now, about 2,300 tenancies approved under that scheme. Um, and a lot more on the way. Good apartment developments in our cities. In November alone, I approved another just close to 2,000. 440 the, are million. Are these euro. private developments? Well, these, these are being done, these are, these are being done in conjunction, either state delivered through our approved housing bodies like Respond, Include and Tua, uh, through our land development agency, which we have cost rental in Delgany and Wicklow now, where, and what it is, basically you're looking at long-term secure rents, minimum 25% below market, uh, and that your tenure yeah. is secure. And but, it's been but, very I mean, popular if, if you with take, people. If you take, the, say, the, uh, if it costs two grand in the Dublin area, and I'll, I'll take that as an, uh, kind sure. of an average mm-hmm. for modern A-rated apartments, uh, and you take 25% off that, that brings you down to 1,500. It's minimum 25, yeah. Yeah. If you're on a pension of 230 mm-hmm. euros a week, going forward, there's no way you're going to be able to pay yeah. that rent. No way. And Pat, look, you're correct. That's why increasing supply across the board is so important. But you're allowing these planning permissions going forward, entire blocks of apartments being sold to vulture funds and so on. They set the headline rent because these are new developments. They're not caught up in the rental pressure zones. So they decide we're charging two and a half grand for a two bed. That, seen, that becomes the headline 
rent for apartments and homes well, in that area. Existing existing rents are about 18% below new rents. Uh, and we do need rental properties too. We've, you know, we see, we've seen a, a, a flight over the last number of years of good individual landlords from the market. And people at various different stages of, of, of their life, you know, choose or want to rent or have to rent. So we need to have properties but, for But don't them. forget, so, when, when we release those properties from the landlords, they're sold into the yeah. private sector. So... The homes don't vanish. Oh, no, I know that. And, and they're owned generally. Yeah. And you yourself would be one of those saying home ownership is a, no, a factor for, for stability I'm a of firm communities. Be- I'm a firm believer in home ownership and that's why I've backed it to the hilt. And that's why this government and my party do back home ownership. But I'm saying to you about the rental market. The rental market does not function as it should. And that has been uh, the, the case for a long number of years. What we're endeavouring to do is to put in new forms of renting like cost rental. And I've met people who have got those cost rental tenancies. It gives them that security of tenure. It gives them affordability within it. And then also helping renters who want to buy. And that's, that's a real thing that in 2023 we've seen a big step up on. So what I'm saying to you is certainly the situation is, is not perfect. It is improving and there's momentum there across all tenures. And what we haven't touched on uh, yet is the public housing we're delivering, social housing. Uh, because every home that's being delivered helps everyone Yeah, but else. isn't that what you should always have been well, doing? I mean, well, the kind of people who are now getting HAP are the kind of people that in the past local authorities would have been housing. Absolutely. And that's why, look, Pat, since, since I became minister three years ago, uh, last year we built more new social homes than we've done in over 50 years and the year before and it's stepped up to a level now that as I'm talking to you today there's about 24,000 social homes under construction across the country what we're doing is we're delivering affordable homes for the first time in a generation through our local authorities and through schemes like the First Home Scheme. And I would encourage listeners who are listening in, those who, who are looking to buy, to look at the supports that are there, like the Help to Buy grant and like the First Home Scheme that's actually working okay, for real, but, real families. Uh, Stuart real has, has been on the text. Sure. He says everything in Dublin 18 is built to rent, very little mm-hmm. to buy. Uh, foreign funds hoovering up everything. In, in my own area, all the new blocks are for rental only, not for purchase. I mean, this is a terrible development that people maybe who are squatting in large houses that they don't need, can't find an yeah. apartment to buy because they don't want to spend their little nest egg paying that. rent to a hedge fund for the rest of their lives. I get that. Look, I brought in changes to planning in 2021, um, particularly around houses and duplexes first that protects them from bulk sale. And that's worked. This is the 10%, but... Uh, no, 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 no. The, the 10%, 10% stamp, stamp duty. duty. You know, I brought in changes to planning. I brought in new planning that meant that... that, that Homes and duplexes could only be sold to individuals. And since that came in, and that was in, in May 2021, 40,000 homes have, have that, got that condition on them. And that's important. So how so, come last week or a couple of weeks they, ago a what, company what, what happened, bought a private what, what estate? What happened in Belcamp, what happened in Belcamp and I looked into it, was the planning permission there that was granted for those homes was 2019. I brought in the, I, I wasn't minister at the time and legislation cannot be retrospective in relation to planning that's been But when granted. was the purchase made? Well, I, so I brought in the change to planning in May 2021. So basically for any planning application post that date, the council or the planning authority, be it on board planola or, or the local authority, had to have regard to that. If but planning but hang on a second. The planning no, permission does not say... Uh, you know, whether it's to be rented or no, no, sold. Sorry, but the change- so therefore, if it's open, you can actually apply, as you have done, say with rental pressure zones, you decided that they would apply to existing uh, properties sorry, that were out for rent. So you can do things like that. No, specifically in relation to this change, you, it could not be retrospective. What Why I'm not? Say, what I'm saying to you... Because it's league, not retrospective. No, the planning didn't say that this Bell Camp development was going be, to be rented or bought. Okay, you would actually be changing 
the granted planning permission. That's my point. But it didn't say anything. Let, let me, let me, Did may, it say anything in the planning permission as to no, whether they had to it, be bought it, it, or they had to, they it, it, were it, going it, to be sold? It would have been absolutely silent on that. Okay. So, what, I, what I'm saying. No problem. No, then. what I'm actually saying to you. In May 2021, I brought forward a very significant change in planning that's protected now so far, and that's just, just up, up to October of this year. 40,000 homes. Now, to get back to your question, which is about apartments being developed, and everyone knows that there have been difficulties in Ireland with viability around apartments. I've brought forward the Apartment Activation Fund, uh, which is basically the state stepping in and bridging the, the viability gap to ensure that there are apartments for sale through the Creek Conaha Cities Fund. And we've actually approved the first six schemes of that. One very large scheme in Cork, actually, of 274 apartments in Black Rock in, 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 uh, in, county, in the city of Cork, which are all for sale. And we'll have more of them coming through now as well. Given and that that's you to say balance that between the build-to-rent piece that was a legacy piece. Now, we do need rental properties. Let's be straight about that, too. But sure, we but, also but, need a, a mix for people so they can buy apartments. You, you were saying that it doesn't say in the planning permission whether uh, development is to be sold or whether or not now, it's going to be rented. Does now, the changes I brought yeah. in in May. Yeah. Oh, okay. It does. In so, May 21, that is, sorry. So, so therefore, it, the, the local planning authority and ultimately on Commission uh, Planola or on Board Planola, you know, that they could say, well, specify, you developer, which this is going to be, and we will decide what our area needs. If our area needs more Mm -hmm. uh, homes to be purchased, not rented, we have enough rental stock, for example, they can say, no, you can't get permission here unless they're for sale. Well, that that point is very, that's exactly what happens now. That is exactly the the, the situation that pertains, that that the owner-occupier guarantee that I brought in, every planning authority, that means every local authority in the country, all 31, plus on board Planola, have to have regard to that as well. I have to look at the level of rental stock that's in an area. It's about rebalancing the mix. And that's happening now on the ground. Now, when people hear and see what happened in Belcamp, that leads to mass frustration. I get that. That's for me. That I don't want to see that happening. But I want to put what the context is there. If you look at since the changes I brought in uh, in May 2021, uh, there were about 121,000 property transactions. 630 homes were bulk purchased. That's about 0.5% of all properties transacted since those changes. So whilst it is when you see 46 homes being sold on block, I get the frustration and the annoyance there. I think it's important also to put that in the context of what that is in the overall scheme of things. It is a very, very, it's not even 1%, 0.5% transacted. But I made those changes in May 21 to planning looking forward. And they're actually having effect now. Uh, how do we trade down, says Margaret? And no bridging finance, no new homes for sale. It's about time the government provided bridging finance for those mm-hmm. who want to downsize. But more of the problem for Margaret is, is trying to find something to, yeah, to, to I, downsize I, I, I get the point. i just give Margaret an example. I was in South County Dublin the week before last in Tala. We'd great scheme there, 42 homes, right-sizing homes. That's happening right across where people who are in private homes can also apply, sell their home, make a contribution to it and then buy them in. There's more and more of that happening right now. Uh, but we do need choice for our seniors too. Uh, family, myself, my folks, uh, you know, they sold their house years ago and bought an apartment, but there was 20 different people bidding for that apartment because there wasn't enough at the time. Now, thankfully, we're seeing an increase in output. We'll see a significant jump from 22 to 23 when we publish the figures or the CSO publish, publish the figures next week. Uh, and the pipeline for this year is very good. So the momentum in relation to delivery of new properties across all different tenures is moving in the right direction unquestionably. And But not everyone's feeling that yet. 
But like our first time buyers have been locked out of the market for many years. A lot of them are seeing that now. And that's been borne out by 600 a week now being able to draw down first time buyer mortgages. Um, some of the texts uh, the government have commoditized uh, apartments and housing normalising renting as a way of life making tenants slaves for life to landlords it's scandalous says one oh. uh, the US introducing a bill to ban money management funds from owning single family homes we've done that they have 10 years to sell the ones on their blocks mm-hmm. now just, now, that's what just, America's doing. You've got 10 years to get out of this sector of well, the market. Well, actually, the housing isn't run on a federal basis in, in the US at all. Uh, it's on a state-by-state state basis. So I, I'm not sure what state you're, you're... But could you introduce a law like that yeah. saying, as and from, you know, whatever about apartments, because they're more easily managed as a collective. Mm-hmm. But when you've got individual houses in a housing estate and they're all owned by one landlord, can you legislate say, you've got 10 years to get out well, and then sell? Well, what I've actually done is two things. We've changed it from May 2021 going forward. I've explained that. And that's a really important thing. So for all new permissions post that date, for houses and duplexes, have a ban against bulk buying and an owner-occupier guarantee. What we're also doing out there right now is when landlords are selling uh, and the tenant is a HAP tenant uh, and also, for some tenancies that people aren't on HAP, we're purchasing those properties and bringing them into public ownership. But I do want to say, just in relation to your first your first texter there, in relation to, uh, you know, com- us, me commoditizing, yeah. you know, has, that's not, not correct at all. If anything, there's, since Housing for All came in, there's been a step change in how we're delivering. The state's investing €5 billion Euro of exchequer funds every year in good social, good affordable homes. It takes time for that to turn around. That's happening. It is happening now. Um, but we're ensuring with things like renter's tax credit uh, that I pushed hard for, that like this year every renter's getting €750 Euro yeah. back uh, in, in, but in, if they're in their being pocket. asked to pay two grand uh, a month, yeah, 700 yeah. it's a little help, no, but that's it all I, it is. I, I get that, but it's per renter, and a lot of people who are renting are, are sharing, so the rent could be 1,500 euro, there's mm. two a month, there's two people renting, that's a, that's a month rent. Okay. But lots of renters want to be able to buy, and the so measures that are brought in are actually helping them do that. Some more of uh, the comments. Sure. Can you ask the Minister what people like me at the age of 51 is going to do for accommodation in years to come? I will not get a mortgage at this age in my life, currently paying 400 euro a month in a shared two-bed apartment, which is costing 2,800 a month. So that person's worried about their future. And look, we have an ageing population and there's a cohort of people in in their 50s and beyond who are still renting who need that security. And that's why we're delivering more social homes. What I'd say to your texter as well, at 51, we have a very good mortgage product through the local authority, the local authority home loan. That's very much pitched to people who are older as well. It's a long-term fixed-rate mortgage, and people actually can apply for that for that mortgage through their local authority, uh, right up right through their fifties and, in, and into their sixties as well. But it's about providing options uh, for people. And as we deliver and build more homes, which we're doing right now, that's providing more options and choice for people. Yeah, uh, some more of uh, the text coming in. All I hear is new bills, but they're all for social housing. I purchased an apartment with my partner, now my wife, as a starter home in two thousand and seven. It was worth half what I purchased it for a year later 16 years on and three kids still stuck in an apartment mm-hmm. we have no room but there are no options yeah. uh, for me um, I can't avail of any of these new bills Yeah look there's there's well the new bills obviously they're in a situation there where where they're under accommodated they have a family living in an apartment and they want, to, they want to be able to sell to move out there are people caught in that trap new bills do help which give choice for people to be able to sell apartments and buy homes that are appropriate We've also brought in supports for vacant property and they're working really, really well. Like we've, we have so far on the vacancy grants, we've 
over 6,000 applications for that, over 3,000 approved. And we're seeing people being able to take vacant stock back into use, buy the home, grants of up to €70,000 yeah. per property, working really, really well. Now, one of the points Carl Dieter made yeah. was uh, about local authority stock, where you've got single occupancy, maybe yeah. of a three-bedroom yeah. house. But no council has the wherewithal, the bottle, or maybe the, the appetite to say to that single occupant of a three-bedroom house, look, we'll, we'll give you an A-rated mm-hmm. single-bedroom uh, accommodation that is suitable to your needs, but sure. we need that three-bed back to, for a family. To be fair, they do now. I get, get the point. It mightn't have been the case. They actually do. Um, and that's what, going back to your previous text, you're talking about, you know, more age-appropriate accommodation. We'll see lots of people, you know, moving into smaller properties, better properties where the council can take back the bigger home uh, and then redo that and let that back out to someone, uh, to a family that's more appropriate. So I can assure you and your listeners that that is happening uh, right now. Like obviously for some people that have lived in a property for 30, 40 years, uh, you know, and they've been renting. They it's may, their home. They, it's their home. So you've got to manage that too. We find when there's engagement with people on it and there's options uh, put forward to them uh, that, you know, a lot, many times those options are being taken up. You know, so that's on the social housing side. But one of your texts there was talking about all the new homes being built just being social homes. That's not the case. Um, we've affordable homes now being delivered through local authorities for the first time in 15, 20 years. Like I take my own area in Lusk, homes being sold at 166,000 through the local authorities in Cork, right the way across the country. And we're getting a good pipeline. We have over 4,000 homes approved in that space. So there, there, I'm saying there's more choice and, and support okay, but, there but for But some of the now. things, you know, the, the lack of joined up thinking, we're talking about taking parking away from civil servants. We'll be talking about that later on in the programme. Right. Uh, so, you know, they've got to have public transport options because they have been forced to live in the boondocks and way out and c- commute to work. Uh, because it appears that building high-rise apartments makes them too expensive to buy and they're all built in the in the, in the city areas. Um, this idea of compact development, mm-hmm. which is cheaper for the developer to build, why don't they do that? Is it because they don't make as much profit? We're actually, I'm glad you brought that up because just this week actually we've published the Sustainable Residential and Compact Settlement Guidelines, which is that very thing to look at. Well, we had an issue here in Ireland to take it back a step whereby you, you needed a certain amount of density and the planning authority was saying you need, you know, 50 units to the hectare or whatever that is. And to make that, that work, you'd homes you being up. built and then you might have one big block of apartments that in some areas that would not work. There was no market for it. People didn't want to buy them. So what we brought forward now is a much more sustainable way of doing it. Looking at more compact growth, more own door development, uh, still densified. Good densities are good. You look at Manor Streets, you know, Arbor Hill, all around there. They're highly densified areas that were built over over a century ago. The whole artisans' dwellings. Yeah, and, that, and that, so so this so basically these new guidelines are in place now, and they will take place. So many many people often refer to Cambridge as the example in England. Every planner in Ireland, I think, has visited Cambridge and looked at what they can do about rent shared spaces, looking at back gardens, separation distances, those type of things. That's what's in place now. And we had a really good uh, piece of work done there with detailed public consultation uh, as well, not just with the sector, but with people around, well, how can we, Im- how can we get the density we need but improve the design? And that's yeah. out there now. And I would expect that will unlock quite a lot of mm. really good densified developments close to our cities that will also be more okay, affordable. But one of the things is if you're close to a, a transport corridor mm. and you know, high speed, et cetera, et cetera, mm. um, there's only really one, and that's in Dublin, it's the DART. It can carry 160 per carriage. The frequency can be as little as four minutes. 
um, take a Lewis. Lewis's are uh, determined the speed by the sluggish progress through the centre of town because, you you know, if that's the slow point, that determines the whole speed of the network. Bus connects, the bus might be able to carry 90 passengers. So you need seven buses for every dart and they cannot uh, operate uh, as quickly as the dart can because every other cross traffic would stop if there were so many buses using the corridors. And yet planning permissions are being given on the basis for, for huge developments on the basis that the, there's public transport there, which there isn't. Well, I think the public, uh, I think it's unquestionable that public transport over the last 20 years has improved greatly. You're right, though, where there are deficiencies still there. If you look at Metrolink, which I'm glad to hear will be going to oral hearing with Amborpanol in February this year, like that's the Metro from, from North Dublin through the airport into the city. Lewis works very well. Lewis Cross City is there. Our bus network has improved. And Lewis seeing, is slow. Yeah, it's slow, also you, at capacity and yet they're building the, along the Lewis line even though it's already full. We've got to future-proof things as well, though. Like, we have a growing population. That's one thing we haven't, we haven't mentioned. Our population has been growing, thankfully, as well. That leads to more demand. That means you more, need more output and you need more homes for our people in well-located areas. You need, we need more people living in our cities, frankly, as well. Like, if you look at Dublin here, we do not have enough people living in our cities. That's why the Apartment Activation Fund, the Creekona Cities, I've brought forward and we will have very good apartment developers in our cities to purchase and for cost rental too. They're being mm. built right now. Okay. Like we have about 6,000 apartments, if I could say, around that, either just about to start construction or in construction. But how many for sale? Backed by the state. A sizable portion of them. I'll give them one example of the largest scheme in Cork in 15 years, 274 for sale um, in, in Ballincollig, another, another 50. And we're building them up right the way through. So there will be a mix of long-term affordable renting and then also uh, sale and yes, social homes too, which we need for our people. Now, the planning business, you've got a, a huge planning bill going yeah. through. Uh, the, the problem is that it might be uh, delayed because uh, you're going to have uh, guidelines under Section 28 where Section 28 guidelines are to be replaced by new national policy statements. When will those new national policy statements, you know, yeah. it's all uh, quite cumbersome and, you know, people are going to be maybe inhibited from bringing things to ju- judicial review. There's all sorts of things happening and I suggested to you before that you could have forgotten about all of this reform and just brought in a rules-based system where everybody knows where they stand. Mm. You've got a county development plan where everyone, including developers, feeds into its formation and then on board Planola puts a coach and four through the county development plan. I mean, why not just have rules and reform those rules with the county development plan every 10 years or whatever, but everyone gets on in the intervening time, gets on with the rules. It can be so high, it can be so dense, it's got to have, you know, facilities of a certain quality, it's got to have green space of a certain proportion, just the rules. And if everyone obeys the rules, there are no judicial reviews. Yeah, I think, we. well, firstly, it's important to say we've seen a good reduction in judicial reviews, and I put it to you, one of the reasons for that is because I got rid of the fast-track planning, the SHD, uh, which was basically that a proposal could be straight, taken straight to Umbor Planola. Lots of communities felt that they were completely uh, ignored through that process. I said in opposition I'd, I'd abolish it. I did. Uh, and now we were back to local authority, two-stage planning. And I think that's one of the reasons why we have seen a reduction in, in judicial reviews. What I'd say to you is this. Look, the rules-based system is exactly what we're, what we're going to get at with this planning and development bill. But will, we, will county development plans be sacrosanct? In yeah. other words, the council spend years putting this together and then on board Planola uh, runs the coach and four through it. I mean, that's Th- not that's right. The, the whole purpose of the national planning statements that you've mentioned, which, be, which would be, as opposed to guidelines, that they are policy uh, directions, okay, that from the minister, uh, i.e. me or any future minister, that, so they're 
government decisions that are saying so you they they're not open to interpretation like guidelines and that has been a frustration i want to move to a plan led approach where a community knows through the development plan process that's why i'm going to extend the development plans to 10 years by the way so you have a better sight in relation to delivery what is happening in their area right down to the type of density or the type of height. So it removes the surprises for people, that people only see what's happening when a planning application is lodged. Unquestionably, we needed to reform our planning legislation. The last big piece of legislation we had on planning in real terms was the Planning Act 2000. This bill that I have, and, and we'll go to committee in the House later this month or early February, we intend to pass by the summer. This will future-proof our planning legislation. And we'll do that very thing that, you, that you've been putting, Pat, is to move it to a rules-based approach, bringing three really important things I'll conclude on this, consistency, clarity and certainty around timeframes, around plans themselves and consistency of approach right the way across the country. Okay, the final uh, thing is about that clarity. Sure. Uh, I heard uh, yesterday on radio that someone was saying that, uh, I think it was a guy called Reddy who's uh, involved in uh, the, the business of construction and so on. And he was saying that in every other jurisdiction around the world now, the drawings are not sacrosanct. It's the CGI and the model building. That's how communities know mm-hmm. what monstrosity is going to be inflicted upon them. <laughs> Trying to infer what that monstrosity might be from drawings. And drawings uh, can be very deceptive, you know, mm-hmm. trees where there are no trees and so on and so forth. But if you have to build the model to show what you're building, whether it's a private house, a block of apartments, a factory, whatever it might be, have to bring the model in and it has to be to scale. And if they build contrary to the model that has got permission, then they are, they've got to take it down. Hey, there's a fair point. Lots of the new developments I see and have the pleasure of travelling around the country and seeing really significant you know, housing developments being built, you'll see that very thing, that CGI generated model. Uh, and it does help to inform people. No one wants, uh, as, as you put it, monstrosities to be foisted upon communities. I think vast bulk of people understand that we have a growing population. They want their sons and daughters to have homes, safe and secure homes that are there. That's what I'm about. And that's what this government's about. That does mean that in areas that, that where people may not have thought there would be development, there will be development. Okay. And uh, we've, got, we've, got to, we've got to continue to do that. And we're making progress, which the, is good. the final point has yeah. got to be about the refugees and the hotels, yes. the purchase of hotels, and also um, modular homes that can be built very rapidly. And many people saying, if you can build them for them, you can build them for us to borrow from Humphrey Bogart. Um, why don't we do more of that to solve the Irish housing crisis? Yeah, well, what, what we're doing, actually, we, we, we are using a lot of modular or modern methods of construction. You know, we've one of the largest sites in the country at, at Mulhuddert, actually, is all light gauge steel, uh, off-site construction. Um, we need to do more of it. Um, but we, we have some very significant off-site, off-site construction uh, producers now, good supply lines, where we're, we're building houses off-site. I've seen it done in Limerick, in, in Dublin here as well, and right the way across the country. We are doing it. We need to scale it up further. Uh, because you can build homes more efficiently and quicker and good quality homes. The other thing that we need to ensure we're doing is making use of the vacant stock that's there. That's improving, but we can do more there as well. Looking at older buildings that are there, repurposing those buildings. And the idea of the government running a community hotel in Ross Grey? Well, in Monaghan, there, there is that very thing that I understand has worked very well. This, this is something that's That was come... a border project post yeah, the Good Friday Agreement. Yeah, un- un- understood. But I think when you look, at, you look at examples of where these things have worked uh, and how it could be honed to, to uh, 
uh, to have a positive impact in Ross Cray is something that I that I very much welcome. And I know that that our my own colleague Jack, Jackie Cahill and others have been calling for that, and that's being actively looked at by government now. Uh, Minister, we could be here all day. We There's could, so yeah. many uh, questions and we'll uh, ideas we could discuss. But for the moment, uh, Minister for Housing, Darren O'Brien, thank you very much You're for joining us. You're very welcome. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.